Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Starting a company allows you to be back in control. The weekly show that brings together military spouse and veteran founders who are doing remarkable things in the business world. I can't imagine there's anything out there stronger than the bond military and veteran entrepreneurs have. We'll hear their story, the story of business, and lessons learned. Boy, can override the worries and depression. Here are your Carmen Nazario and Josh Carter. Happy Friday, everyone. It is one o'clock on the West Coast, which means one thing. It is time for the Veteran Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Carter. With me, as always, is Carmen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show. Happy Friday, Carmen. Happy Friday to you. I am so excited because the sun is out. I am, too. I, people don't realize that the Pacific Northwest, we just don't get sun during the winter. Right. And yeah. I, I think it's going to be out tomorrow as well. I think it's supposed to be out till like, Tuesday, which oh, I'm going to take great. full advantage of. Uh, it's just been ridiculously... I, and I don't want to complain too much, because I just got a, a friend of mine called me yesterday from Wisconsin and was like, we've just had polar vortex after polar vortex. And I'm like, then I won't complain about the <laughs> inch of snow that we got last week, because he's dealing with, like, 50 inches of it. So I know. We can't complain. That's for sure. Yeah. So if you are unfamiliar with the show, welcome. Uh, every week we bring in these amazing founders, whether they're military spouses or they're military veterans, to talk about their business. And this week, I'm really excited because we have an in-studio guest, Carrie Miller from Northwest Veteran Security Services. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Josh and Carmen. Glad to be here. Yeah. It's exciting Great that we have to a... have you, Carrie. Yeah. It's exciting that we have an in-studio guest. Usually it we have somebody is. that calls in, which is fine, but... Uh, we always like to have people here. So welcome to the show. We want to hear and get to know about you. So, Carrie, talk to us a little bit about where you're from and what prompted you to join the military. Well, Josh, I'm, I'm from the East Coast, grew up in D.C., and then I joined the military at an age of about 18 years old. Um, and from that point, I went on to serve and then continue to serve. And then eventually I ended up uh, going out to Monterey for a year studying Russian. And so that kind of prompted me uh, to head back to the West Coast one day, and I did that 30 years ago in Portland. Nice. What uh, what branch, if I may ask? I, I started out in the Air Force, but then retired out uh, in the Army as an okay. infantry officer. Carmen would be very happy about that, because she's yeah. fellow right, Army. Right, right. I'm a Navy guy, so. And you retired, so you were in over 20 years then. Served a total of 32 years total service, oh 20 goodness. active duty, retired wow. out in 2012. Yeah, when did you, what did you retire as? A lieutenant colonel. That's amazing. Yeah, 05. Thank you for your service. I really appreciate it. Talk to me a little bit about your time. Like, that's a long stretch, right? Mm -hmm. That's most of your adult life is spent in the military. Uh, and you spent some time, uh, obviously, learning some Russian. Talk a little about what you did and, uh, and your time. I started out in the Air Force in the security field, and I realized very quickly that that's not a good long-term career decision. So I went into school, went to school. Um, at that point, you know, as I was getting into service, you would hear stories about people getting out of the service, and then, you know, you'd meet them, and they'd be regretting, oh, I should have stayed in for the 20 years, because time flies very, very quickly, obviously. Mm -hmm. And we want to, you know, 20-year retirement from the military is, there's nothing like that out there at all, ever, mm -hmm. in, in the society. So I, I was stubborn enough just to keep sticking it out and out, and uh, eventually got my degree, headed back out, uh, and... I was involved with the counterintelligence community, Russian stuff. It was back during the Cold War, first Cold War, you know, doing stuff with them and then continued on and then got hooked up with the Oregon Army National Guard where 
I was working as an infantry officer, and then later on I became on full-time with them. And my last position was a recruiting commander in Oregon for the Oregon Army National Guard. Wow, wow. That's amazing because you saw during your time probably quite a bit of transition after the Cold War ended into sort of the Gulf War and and all that stuff. Um, How much did you take from your time in the military from your – to transition into the civilian life? I think it, it shaped me 100%. Yeah. You know, uh, back during the late 70s, everything was Russia this, Russia that. Um, I, I ended up majoring in Russian at the University of Maryland because that was, we learned early on that this is our enemy. And, yeah. and in order to, you know, fight your enemy and destroy them on the battlefield, you need to know them. And I to translate it as that, and I need to know the language, the literature, the culture, the geography, mm-hmm. everything about them. And that's what I ended up doing. So were you uh, deployed also into war zones? I deployed to Afghanistan. Okay. And what did you do there? Uh, There I was a combat advisor. I was a what they call ETT, embedded trainer, embedded training team chief. I had uh, 15 combat advisors that worked with me. Oh, wow. Mm. Wow, that's incredible. So what does a lieutenant colonel do after he gets out of the military? Great question. You know, like most people in the military, we're we're not, you know, putting together our resume and I out processed through Fort Lewis, Washington, and I had no idea. And I go, look, I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And they go, look, we're going to do a resume. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> a year out from retiring, mm-hmm. I, I got on the phone because as an officer, we, we plan things, right? Sure. So we, uh, every week I got on the phone with these guys, and they helped me put my resume together. And they go, look, we want you to put the 20 most important accomplishments in your life, put them on paper. Okay, I did that. It was painstaking. Yeah. And then they go, okay, group these things into five categories, and they go put a title on those categories. And I looked at it, and I go, and they go, look at it. Okay. And one was leadership and one, you know, different things. And they go, that's who you are. Um, that's what you're most passionate about. And more importantly, that's more likely that's what's going to keep you happy for the next phase of your life post-military. That's an interesting that's approach. I like and, that approach. I, and for me, yeah, yeah. that was that at that point, it was like, okay, uh, as a lieutenant colonel, we're managing, you know, battalion of, of soldiers and, you know, whatnot. That's 500 people. So the equivalent is like a general manager for a, cl- a corporation, you know. Sure. And I ended up doing that afterwards. Where, would, where did you do that? I worked for a major, probably the, the biggest security company global security company. I managed the territory of Oregon, Southwest Washington, and okay. two Western states for about four years after I got out of the military. Yeah. So you were able to take a lot of what you learned in the military into that job pretty pretty quickly. I, there was no ramp up time. No, there was only the uh, the private sector on how they wanted things. Sure. You know, yeah. and then the management of people is the same. You know, I, I've always believed, you know, treat people with dignity and respect, you know, set the example and all these other things. Yeah. You know. Was it hard for you to get used to the private side of doing the, their way of doing things, or did you just transition it really easily? For me, you know, as a, you know, the the challenge was with other military people. I think we think and we look and we we do things similar. We have similar priorities. You know, we get to work on time. We mm-hmm. do one hundred percent effort. You know, and now other people, and I, I'm not going to categorize and say everybody that hasn't had military service doesn't isn't you know coming to work on time sure. or have good work ethic. But 
I've noticed that my fellow servicemen and women, you know, they ha- they share that because it's our it's our discipline, it's our culture, it's our training that we've been through. That's true. Yeah. And you know that most folks that have successfully you know served, um, they they had a, they gave a commitment of service, whether this four year enlistment or six years, they served their time, worked hard, and then they got out. You know that's commitment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm. Interesting. So, uh, what did, when you uh, after you did this general management stuff, what was your next foray? Did you, was this when you started your business? I I was working weekends and twelve sixteen hour days for this sure. corporation, you know, and we had a lot of business. I was centered here, and I, I had an office in Southwest Waterfront, you know, beautiful office, and you know, I I thought there's got to be something more than this. I have pressure on me to manage nine hundred people over four state area. And grow the business and manage seventy plus contracts daily, wow. you know. And I, I'm, I'm like, then they recognized us. We did good. We got the into this gold club. We, we, we did good things organizationally for the business for yeah. the company. But I thought, you know, I could do this myself, and then focus on veterans and taking care of veterans. And that's ultimately what I decided to do. So, what kind of contracts did you get to manage? Uh, like for we managed a lot of uh, Fortune 500 companies, from Amazon to mm-hmm. Google. We managed the security out there, TriMet. We used to protect the mayors of Portland, City Hall, City Council, wow. uh, Portland Building, Union Station, uh, Wells Fargo, lots of other contracts. big corporations, big, 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 big contracts. Yep. Well, so when you when you when you created uh, Northwest Veterans Security Services, what was sort of the mindset? How did you find your first customer? Um, I went to a, what's called a as is meeting. It's a security, it's a professional security uh, uh, association, and so I got linked up to that and met somebody. And he came up to me one day and says, "Hey, we got a, a deal for this fire watch out in Newburgh. So fire watch is basically." You know, watch this apartment complex while the fire systems are down because they're required by the state marshal, fire mm. marshal, to keep eyes on it, you know, overnight and whatnot until the mm-hmm. system's up. And that was the first one, and I ended up doing it, and I trained up my daughters real quick, got them licenses, and so that my daughters are, you know, the ones that helped me out in the beginning. I needed that help. Yeah. That's great. That's amazing. And then how did you sort of expand that? Like, yeah, every business seems to have this niche, right? Like, they pick a lane is what I call it. They picked a lane. What What do you think was your lane that you picked? You know, I, I've always had a, a certain premise. I'm not going to get all the business. Coming back from my military days, and you know, we learn in an early age to take care of soldiers, Marines, sailors. We take care of them. That's that's what we have to do because they're going to take care of you when the time comes. And yeah. you need to. I've always done that, and I've said I'm going to pay and benefit better than the, the industry out there. Take care of them. I'm not going to get every contract, but that's my passion. Let's take care of mm-hmm. veterans. That's that's the focus, giving them you know employment and uh, good opportunities, you know. But you're hiring people that are not veteran as well, right? We're about seventy percent veteran, but wow. I I do not discriminate, you know, for yeah, yeah. for anything. If somebody has good work ethic and they want to work hard and do mm-hmm. the right thing, um, yeah. then they have a job with me. And how do you find the veterans? I uh, I get most of mine just from referrals. People on board, they love what they're doing. They get the word out, and they ask me, Carrie, are, are we hiring? Yes, we're hiring. Just send them to me. Yeah. We're in a continuous mode. We're, we're in, um, tomorrow marks my third year in business. I'm oh, very wow. super excited about it. 
Um, Wait, you've been doing this business for 30 years? Three. Three. Oh, three. three. I was like, well, I no. didn't hear that right. <laughs> I, I probably said 30, but yeah, um, three. But I had 47 people on the payroll wow. last year. That's yeah. amazing. Not all full time. Sure, course, but, sure. But uh, so we're we're heading in the right direction. Um, excited every day that that's, we have a, a good thing. We're doing a good thing. That's great. We've been talking to Carrie Miller from Northwest Veterans Security Services. That's a mouthful, by the way. Uh, we will be right back after this commercial break. CPA Dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Nice. Well, we are back. Uh, Carrie, you were just telling us that you just started this business. It's been about three years now. 47 people on staff last year. That's remarkable, by the way. Congratulations on all the success. How does social media play in this? Like, you, you've spent 20-plus you know, years in the military, and social media is this new thing, right? And for three years, you've been doing this business. How do you reach an audience using social media? You know, I, I, as we know, we, we talk to other business owners and find out, you know, my, my business is not necessarily um, uh, best, the best venue for me to receive new business via the social media. Sure. Social media is a good way to get our message out, but I don't, I don't hire a lot of people off of social media or they don't contact me versus, you know. But certainly we have a website. Um, and people can contact us through the website, but but yeah, social. It's it, for me. It's um. It's being a part of the organization in person. Yeah. You know, getting your word out of what you're doing, what you're trying to do. Um, that that's been. Uh, you know, we get business just by referrals. Other customers referring us to other sure. people. So you probably do a lot of networking. We do. We do, and it's um. You know. Uh, one of my favorite organizations is OWAMI, of course. It's yeah. called the Oregon Minority Association, Oregon Association of Minority Entrepreneurs out of Delta Park. A wonderful organization for businesses in Oregon here. Um, and they don't discriminate based on your race, your color. Anybody can, can be there, be a part of it, and mm-hmm. the opportunities are tremendous. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm really acquainted with them, and that's so true. But um, so... In your business, then oh, you as well have to go look for it. Like, uh, if let's say you were responding to a government requirement, right? So mm-hmm. that would you would be kind of looking at some of the sites where they publish uh, the the services they need. Now, in terms of your services, security is kind of broad. Can you tell us about uh, your services? Absolutely. So we we do the full spectrum, both armed and unarmed. Um, primarily in the Portland metro, metro area, we focus on unarmed security, but we're heavily involved in hospitality, um, which uh, we provide security at various hotels. We do a lot of work for the hotels in Portland, um, the convention center. We do a lot of work. Um, we in the summer months, um, I'll have a great need to bring on a, a quite a few people in a temporary nature for fires. We helped out last year quite a bit for the fires, so there's good opportunity for folks that want to make a lot of money because um, I don't think our fire situation is going to go away anytime soon. I think it'll be back again. Absolutely. So we uh, provide a lot of security for the camps and logistical points and the wow. helo points out there and we're you know throughout Oregon during those things. It's interesting. So when I think of security, I think of big guys and gals that are helping to protect things. But this is beyond that. Like, this is so far, you guys are doing operational, logistical, 
This is so far beyond that. There's a lot of venues that people don't even really think about. I do some work for law firms that that have some some contentious uh, uh, partners that are s- splitting up. And for instance, uh, you know, maybe they want the the spouse one spouse wants to have somebody uh, at the house while the other party comes and gets their stuff. So there's there's it runs the whole gamut from that. We also have branched off into guest services. We provide ambassadors for different facilities in Portland. Because um, we first we started doing security there, and they liked us, and they liked our personnel, and so we've grown, you know, in that area as well. But yeah, what would the ambassador do? The ambassadors are mainly used uh, to greet people, so guest mm-hmm. services sort of stuff, wayfinding at these facilities, making sure people can get to the venues that that they want to help them navigate these large facilities. Hmm, that's a yeah. real niche there. And, it, and it's fun. You know, the more you mm-hmm. do it, the better you get. And especially if you want to work on your people skills, you know, yeah. it's fun. Fun, yeah. fun stuff. I, I find like it fun. fascinating. Like, do you think, you, I'm sure the answer is yes to this, uh, of course, but do you think your your years of, of military planning uh, helped you to sort of get into the outside of the inner circle of what security's traditionally been? Um. From I think that what what the military experience has given me mostly, Josh, is that you know the perseverance. You know we're gonna, and Carmen and I have talked earlier about you know about getting the job done, and that's the definition of success. When you just keep driving yeah. forward, you know there's a way to get this done, and you know. So. No matter what the obstacles, we're going to push through, right? Yeah, yeah that kind of attitude. But you know, the uh, I credit the company that I that I have worked for to learn the business. But now it's like, okay, now we've got to uniquely set ourselves apart from the rest of the industry. And I, I we do that by 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 working hard, doing the right thing, you know, and then working with our folks to make sure we're delivering at the highest level possible. Every day. And, and I see, like, in your business that you could really customize your services because it would be so unique to each customer. And you probably have the flexibility to do so. Uh, you know, large companies sometimes don't have that. And that's the key. You, you have to listen to your customers. Mm-hmm. What, what do you need? What's the purpose? And sometimes we'll, we'll add a, another component on to the security service so that there's added value. You know, mm-hmm. but but that's what it is. It's listening, listening. Because if you're not, you're not going to get business. You're yeah. not. Your people are not going to. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. a good point. So, aside from this website, how much does technology play in this? Because it's a very person type of centric business, right? It's a, it re- it requires people to be on site. But how much does technology play into this? Like, do you guys have a an app for your customers? Do you use text messaging? Like, what other things do you use to to make this work? Josh, at this point, and Carmen and I have also talked about, you know, you in another gentleman earlier that you have to watch as a small business. There's yeah. like things that you could be spending money on all the time, and quickly, you know, you'll be out of business. But you still have to make payroll That's and right. estimate payments and everything else. So I, it, it doesn't play a major role. Sure. I got a phone call the other day, somebody trying to sell me a robot. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we, you know, as we grow, the demand will be more, uh, you know, the demand for like guard tours type technology and app stuff that, that might might be very helpful. But right now, um, you know, I put faith in my, my team of people that are doing the work. Sure. And I, we have a good team and they're doing an excellent job. And uh, 
So I, I've always believed techni- technology can fail you. Right now, it's mostly that we're in the people business mm-hmm. and we're focused on that. And mm-hmm. down the road, technology will add value to what we're already providing. But delivering the top, very best service is what we're about right now. Yeah, I can see some autonomy uh, in in like you know drones or or other ways to sort of take the person out of it, right? But uh, but to your point, like you guys are focused so much on listening to the customer. I think it's a great a great niche. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool business, uh, and I never thought that I would say that security services would be a, a, a kind of a cool niche business. But y- you've made it cool. I mean, this is a really cool site. Um, go ahead. Sorry, Carmen. Yeah, me too. I kept thinking initially when I heard we were interviewing you that it was going to be like security guards, you know, protecting a building. But now that you've expressed some of the uh, niche things like the ambassador role, it's, it's quite interesting. I never imagined um, how broad and, and all of the different types of services you can provide under uh, security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what, what's fascinating to me, what I think is interesting about security guards is they always have the best stories to tell, right? There's always some, like, we, and you can never t- share who it is, obviously, but you guys always have the best stories to tell. What do you think is the most interesting thing that you've experienced doing this business so far? Oh, wow, that would be really tough. Um, <laughs> it's probably quite a lot, right? Really put some thought into that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what I, you know, obviously we live in Portland, and we have our own challenges here in Portland. Sure. And so, you know, what I what I end up reiterating all the time to my folks that are working for me, and as I go, don't, don't be afraid to call 911. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's an emergency out there, don't be afraid to call. You know, mm-hmm. if, you know, we... We train officers, and there's non-emergent calls, and there's emergency calls. If you, and, but I tell them sometimes there's they have difficulty figuring out what's important. When sure. I say, look, if you think it's important, call because the dispatcher is going to prioritize your call. Mm-hmm. So please do, do call. And that, that's one of our challenges. But no, there's a, you know I, I get the the joy out of watching these people enjoy their employment, enjoy what they do. I have some people that have been on from day one. They love what they're doing. And, and that to me is, I just get a lot of joy mm-hmm. from seeing them. That's the know. real reward, yeah. right? That you can make a difference. It's business with a purpose. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So security has been around, you know, as long as people have needed it. Where do you think the industry is headed at overall? Um, like what's the future you know what I? Well, that's a great question, Josh. You know what I? What I think, and what I love about Portland is that we we want to have local business, local produce, local everything is important yeah. to us. I'm a local business, Portland, at, centered out of Portland here. So, you know, I, I think that we want people from that from the area that know the area, know the communities, are tied with the communities, have relationships with people that are in the communities, are part of. You know the local uh, neighborhood associations, groups, mm. and business alliances, mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. But I think that's what we want. You know, we we don't want the you know companies that are centered in Jupiter, Florida. You know, global corporations have a footprint, and the money profit gets taken out and sent back east. Sure. You know, we want to we want to thrive here and have our families thrive and take care of our families here. Yeah, and and th- that's that's great. I think what I'm looking for here is. The the industry of, of security overall, right? It's it's really um, it's really personal centric, right? It's it's somebody standing there, standing watch. It's somebody looking over somebody. Where do you see it mm-hmm. in five, ten years? Where do you see the the industry itself going? I, I think it's going to continue. Yeah. What I what I think you'll see as as governments are, you know, 
30, 40 years ago, we didn't have security. Police were were, were doing this stuff. Sure. And then they figured out, okay, well, police can't be everywhere at the same time. Let's mm-hmm. have the police now you know, respond and be dispatched to when a crime is, is occurring right. or has occurred. And and then security ended up being the boots on the ground protecting a prop, piece of property and before something bad happens. What do I think? I think it's going to continue on as it has over the last 10, 15 years. We're okay. going to continue. As long as we have... <clears throat> the, re, the Portland Police Bureau has published information that 51% of the, the crimes in Portland are happening by the homeless, the houseless community. As long as we have houseless com, um, community and these things are still occurring, we're going to have problems. We're going to have sure. you know, owners of property that want to protect their property and their yeah. investment. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have that. And obviously, we've seen the spike in the houselessness, and we've seen the spike in crimes, and so right. I think it's going to continue. What I think, you know, here's my own two cents, as governments start to clamp down on the police budgets, and, you know, when these guys are making, you know, over six-figure and overtime, mm-hmm. everything else, the money is they're going to start investing more in private security because it's a less expensive option. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think. You'll you see a lot of... Uh, States uh, back east starting to head in that direction where, you know, there's a greater presence uh, yeah. on the physical security sides. And how much of that influx of crime versus, like, how much does that impact you guys? If you see an influx of crime, you guys getting more call-outs? I mean, is it just sort of, is it that binary? It is. Really? You know, when they, they cleaned up, you know, out there, Springwater Corridor at the camp, you know, they saw all these folks started heading back into Portland. And all of a sudden, you know, we're getting extra calls for duty because these people are building the camp right outside my front door. Oh, mm. man. You know, so it, it's all connected. But, you know, we're, we're all engaged also in trying to help these folks. So yeah. our officers are, we're working with Clean and Safe. We're working with the Portland uh, Police Bureau that has a response team, mental health folks that can get involved and help these people get the services they need. Yeah. We've been talking great. to yeah, we've been talking to Carrie Miller from Northwest Veteran Security Services. We're going to take our second break. We will be right back. Today's episode of the Veteran Startups is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. For instance, media relations. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. Check them out at publicize.co and tell them Carmen and Josh sent you. And we're back with Carrie Miller from Northwest Veterans Security Services. We we're just talking about sort of like the the sort of the the comparison, not really the comparison, about when things happen in the world, it sort of elevates or it, it changes and impacts your business. So talk a little bit about that. I don't want to go obviously into a political discussion, but um, talk a little bit about what particular factors contribute to the ups and downs of your business, and how do you guys react to that? I think it goes back to, you know, some of the tenets of actual private security, you know, which we were one of our you know, tenants is uh, protection of, of personnel and property. You know, we, we saw that the, when the, the marijuana industry uh, was legal here and then, but growers all of a sudden, under, you know, they understand 
that you have to protect your crops, you have to protect your prop, your property, and your your product and everything else. So they 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 started you know reaching out to private security. Sure. So I think events in the community, events at the state, events you know conditions, new conditions that happen over time, um, they're all connected. Um, yeah, and and how prepared are you guys ready for things that kind of pop up unexpectedly? I I think. You know, very well, you know, prepared, you know, yeah. unfortunately, what I'll, what I'll try to do is, you know, we have a finite amount of people and we, we're growing uh, exponentially, but uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll try to cover a post if, if I have to, to take care of our clients. And, but, you know, the challenge is being in two places at one time, sure. but we, we, we don't say no, we take care of our customers, you know, if it's working long hours, we do it, we get it done, we yeah, get the yeah. job done. That's nice. So do you have some assignments where you have to collaborate with a lot with the law enforcement agencies? Um, we do. You know, we do a, a very special event that um, uh, called Good in the Hood. It's an African-American predominant uh, event out in northeast Portland every year. We'll be back out there again this year. But we, we're, we're partnered with local law enforcement for that event and the safety and security of the, 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 the fairgoers. Um, I, I belong to different associations. I'm a part of the Downtown Security Network, law enforcement, and, and the, the DA that's involved with prosecution is, is there, as well as Lloyd District. I'm tied with that and others. You know, we're law enforcement's partnered because we can mm-hmm. all, you know, they're looking for somebody. We, maybe our mm-hmm. folks have already seen them. That we can identify them. And what we want to do, obviously, is yeah. to get some, some of these people off the street that are committing these crimes. So okay. we work together closely. Yeah. You're clearly very focused in this area of Portland, Oregon. Do you see a path in which you guys start to expand regionally up into the Washington area, up in Seattle, or even down south, down into the, you know California? You know, as our name goes, Northwest, I, I definitely think that we'll, we'll, we'll get up into Washington. Right now, what, what's important to me is that we do what we've got very well at a very high level. Sure. Um, we'll, we'll continue to grow. We'll continue to expand. Um, but at the same time, you know, as a, as a business owner, I want to enjoy life, too. We could work a lot. Sure. We can be stressed all the time. Not to say that I am, but I want to enjoy quality of life, too. So it's like, let's grow, but let's not be crazy about it. Sure. Let's mm-hmm. do, again, be stay, stick, stay to core, you know, core foundation. Not 16 hours, days, yeah. yeah. So it's in the name, you know, Northwest. Yeah. I like it. So it gives you uh, Washington to expand in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And we will. <laughs> Nice. So I ask this every week, and I'm really curious about your answer because you've had this really impressive career. What is the one thing that you think you've screwed up really badly in your business, and you went, I'm not going to do that again? And I, as entrepreneurs, we do that a lot, right? We've messed up. We've had this conversation pretty much every week. We've screwed this up a lot of different ways. But what's the one thing that you have done that you're like, I'm never doing that again? Well, I think that you... You know, we have to continue as businesses own. We got to continue to remind ourselves that we don't know everything. Yeah, we have to ask the questions. But sometimes, if you don't know the questions, you don't know the you know you don't know the answers. Of course, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know how to spell estimate payments. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah. until I got slammed at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, now I don't have any problem with it. Yeah. You know, and I, I think for me also, it's um, I have to watch what words go out of my mouth because I you know not that. They're they're bad, but I have to watch what I say because the word gets communicated, sure. you know, amongst uh, yeah, yeah. the other the other folks. And so it's a, I think that we can't be afraid to continue to learn, you know, and and do better, they grow daily. 
you know, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of lessons learned. You know, yeah. and as a former army guy, we had thing called after action report. You know, you you sit down, analyze what you did, what you can improve upon. That's what right. we need to do. Yeah, what went well? Exactly. Yeah. Do you bring that to the to your uh, your own business? The sort of after action, sort of break down what what happened and what could have been better. I think it's just it's almost unconscious that it's happening. Um, but yeah, there's always a, what I find myself doing is I have to stay two and three and four steps ahead of, of every process. Mm-hmm. Get in front of all these things before they happen. You know, set the stage for success with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, yeah, we're, we've been doing pretty good so far. That's great. Very cool. Uh, what If you had one piece of advice for the younger Carrie coming out of the military, now that you know what you know, what would be the one thing that you would uh, impart on yourself? Oh, another tough question there. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would do anything different because it, it, it set conditions. You know, I was as an 18-year-old, I was doing, I started out in the security world yeah. and doing security for the Air Force with these weapons that were, you know, nuclear B-52 loaded bombers back in South Dakota, back in the late 70s. But, I mean, they, they told me at the time when I'm walking a grave shift from wingtip to wingtip, sub 40 below zero outside, that's building character. And, you know, and <laughs> you know, whether you like it hey, or that's not. That's the same thing they told me when yeah. I was in the Persian Gulf. <laughs> so, you know, I think these set of experiences have made me the person I am today. So I can't say that I would do anything different, you know. Certainly I, I could have, uh, yeah. Yeah. And and we hear that a lot that you know the life experiences in the military just really help people move forward, particularly entrepreneurs because they're so unique. Um, and um, it, it, I don't think we've had anybody regret it either, right, Josh? No, 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 not they're at all. Just uh, all of the vets we've interviewed, they've just you know were very. They would nobody ever said, "I wish I never." had gone into the military. Sure. Well, we see the opposite now for those that <clears throat> have everything given to them. Yeah, well, you you touched on it earlier. You said something uh, mm-hmm. that most people that don't go in and spend 20 years, that's the regret, right? And I, I only spent four years, and I wish I would have stuck with it or taken more advantage of my time while I was in, right? I, mm-hmm. I had a very focused objective. I wanted to get out and go to art school, and so I wanted the GI Bill, right? So mm-hmm. I wanted the shortest duration and get out and do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not an artist. I don't do art stuff, right? So, um, so it's one of those things where you said, like, take advantage of that time where you're in. Um, and it sounds like you told you did. Obviously, left as a as a lieutenant colonel, which is a really high rank for most people that aren't familiar. It's a it's a it's hard to get up that high. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, what are some of the other things that you have done in your business that you feel have? Um, Taking it in the right direction that you, it was unexpected. It was an unexpected outcome. You did this, and boy, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I don't have a, a really good answer for sure. that, but what I can tell you is the networking opportunities and the people that you meet and the relationships that you build are paramount to everything. Business is all about relationships. Yeah. If yeah. they like you, they trust you, they may probably give you business. But if you if you don't attend the Wawami meetings and right. you don't attend and network and right. people don't get to know you, they're, they're, you're not going to get the call for business. So that's definitely something I recommend. You get involved in the community. You get involved with the business associations. You know, don't be afraid to tell them what you do, what your business is. Yeah. Build the relationships. 
And I have to agree with him because I was talking to him earlier, and if I were to give a piece of advice as a business owner, that's what helped me unknowingly because I didn't even know about these organizations. But once you take the first step, it kind of connects you. It's kind of like a spider web. You go here and meet someone who tells you about this over here, and it just becomes a huge network. And uh, like uh, Carrie shared, you know, uh, that is uh, a great advice for the audience. Yeah, yeah. There's a great talk out there, and I, I definitely uh, recommend everybody check it out. It's uh, if you just go on YouTube, you can find it. There's a local gentleman here. His name's Rick Tarosi, and he's sort of like the centerpiece for the startup community here in Portland. And one of the talks that he did, he did it at TEDx, which is Portland's uh, sort of TED talk, and it's called Connecting Dots. And basically, it's exactly what you both just said, which is you run into people all the time. And how do you connect those dots to the different things that could be beneficial to both parties? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand how important their network is and how to best leverage it. And I right. think you both touched on it beautifully. What keeps you up at night? Like, what's the thing that you are so focused on that it's just, uh, boy, I can't sleep because this is... I, I think that, you know, sometimes... Um it doesn't necessarily keep me up at night, but it, it makes me a little bit nervous as we get into the evening. You know, if I've worked a long day, I'm up early, I'm working all day. And you know, sometimes with so many people out there that are operating at nighttime, if, if somebody says, look, I'm sick and I can't get to work or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, we're going to figure this out. You know, I'm, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do this shift tonight. So mm-hmm. I think about the possibility every night that I may have to work all night. And, and yeah. then I go on to the next day because the next day is already planned out, mm-hmm. you know. So it can be some long days. So I, that doesn't keep me up, but it, it makes me a little bit nervous because the more people you have, these things are going to happen. Sure. You know, with the snow, you know, years when I first started, you know, we were getting these calls. Hey, we got snow. I can't come to work today. And I go, well, I'll tell you what. I'll be there in a little while. We're going to pick you up. And we're going to bring you in. How about that? Okay, great. And that was it. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's anticipating getting in front of these things so that, you know, so they know this is what we're going to do. We have a plan. But, um, you know, it's, uh, I think in terms of what keeps me awake is when, when something happens, you know, maybe... There was a misstep by one of your employees, um, and they've they've kind of tweaked the relationship that you have with the client. Now you got to do some damage repair. Maybe the contract is in danger. Yeah, you know those are always tough. You know you never want to lose business, of course. Mm-hmm. So we try to prevent that at all costs. Getting getting in front of it all. You know. Yeah. Fixing things before they become issues. Interesting. So I, I say it every week, uh, but we have, uh, I say that uh, every business is a hypothesis until someone pays you for it. Then that's when it becomes a business. What was that time for you where it became a business? Like, what was your first entry into this market? Um, tough question. Yeah? You know, I, I um, the first entry was the Firewatch I did out in Newburgh, but, you know, in terms of... Uh, I already had the previous experience, so I knew what the security business was all about. So sure. I had a leg up on, on what to expect, and, and I knew it inside and out. So I felt very comfortable moving forward that we, we could do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So The yeah. hardest thing for a business uh, is to find somebody to go in on their dream, right? How hard was it for you to find the first person to go in with you? Um, I, for me, it was – and I was telling Carmen earlier that I, I never – had the thought that I would not be successful. Right. I've just never, that's never been in my mind ever. 
Not, yeah. not from day one. I, I mold about what I would do when I left my job. And then, then I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And I never looked back. Yeah. And at that point, I was taking advantage of all the resources out there. Small mm-hmm. Business Association, SCORE in Portland, which mm-hmm. helps out new businesses and yeah. networking through different associations. So, yeah. Nice. What else are you passionate about? You do the security stuff. You're obviously very uh, entrenched in the community. What other things well, make you passionate? You know, besides, you know, I, I care about as we, uh, Carmen and I have talked. I'm a, I'm a chairman on, I'm a, a chairman on the, the Veterans Committee at Owami, so I'm passionate about other veteran-led businesses, and I want to help them succeed. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm uh, my other passion besides my wife and you know having us together and enjoying life together. Besides that, that's very important to me. Is I'm a runner. I, I like to run a lot. Yeah. So. You look pretty fit, man. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I do a type of running called ultra running. Yeah. And so, what is ultra? I've never heard that that before. No. Okay. So ultra running is the distance running beyond the 26 mile marathon Whoa. distance. So. You know, 50 Ks, 50 milers, I'm exhausted Ks, hearing this. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I am and whatnot. So, you know, I, uh, a quick story here. You know, I, I went out, um, one of my, my first marriage, I, I, there was some conflict about taking time away. I was doing some triathlons back in the late, mid-90s. And uh, so I ended up um, just focusing on running. And then, you know, as us in the military, we always want to keep driving forward and reaching the best potential. And I thought, okay, I'm going to run this marathon thing. Yeah. You know, so I went out and started training for this marathon. And, and then in a, in a, when I was out 4 o'clock in the morning running and training, all of a sudden I, I run into this one guy. Okay, he's yeah. also out there running. We end up going to the same gym and became friends. But he ends up, um, I, f- I found out later, he was one of the top 10 runners in North America for this long distance stuff, this 24 hours, the 100 mile distance, Come and this, on, all this wow. stuff. And so we became friends. And next thing I know, even before that first marathon, we're running around Mount Hood. We're in the, the National Forest running. We're, you know, doing all this stuff. So I, I fell in love with it. That was 25 years ago. Wow. It's admirable. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I think it's good for us to get out in nature, enjoy it, you know, be active. It's a good place to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Where can people find you uh, online? They can find me online. I have a website, Northwest Veterans Security Services. Um, and this is the uh, com. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, and LinkedIn, anything you're are you I, online? They can find me online. I'm on LinkedIn, so yeah. you can search me, Carrie Miller, Portland Area Security. Yeah, uh, you'll see me, Carrie. This has been uh, fascinating. I love the uh, love the mission. I love uh, what you guys are doing, and I wish you all the best success. No, I, I think I appreciate the time you know that you guys have allowed me to spend with you and Thanks. getting the word out of taking care of veterans is important for me. Thank yeah. you, you know. Carrie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Thanks, Carrie. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, We will be back uh, next week and every week at 1 o'clock on Friday. You can listen to us here on the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Uh, Listen, learn, get stuff done. We'll see you next week, guys. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.